Hi, I'm Sammy. And I'm S. And welcome to All Talk and No Browsers. So, S, we start us off the same way as we do every week. What we're going to talk about today? So, I'm thinking because uh, the Champions League and Europa League draws were was that last week, week before. Yeah. I think to start off with, we might as well just talk about the Champions League each group and give our, well, you know, try and predict the places. Yeah, who's going to finish where? Okay. So let's dive right in. Group A. Um, I'm going to read this out in alphabetical order. So there's Atletico Madrid, Dortmund, Club Bruges, and Monaco. Now, what do you think? Uh, I I can see Atletico topping it. Then, oh, actually, uh, Dortmund and Monaco. But then who do Monaco have? Like it's not like they have Mbappe anymore. Exactly. So I go Dortmund. I go Dortmund, then Monaco, then Bruges. Yeah. Well, no more European football for Bruges. Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. I think that um, Dortmund this season have got a bit more of an identity with their new coach, hmm. who's like a little bit older. Um, I've forgotten the dude's name, but uh, I was going to say Tuchel, but it can't be him anymore, surely. No, no. Uh, Wh- whomever it is. Whoever it is, yeah, yeah. So they've they've gained a bit more of an identity this season in the in the Bundesliga. So I think that that should help them, like should help them like maintain like a decent team because I don't know why they haven't been playing playing well before, but they they should be doing so. Um, they've only played two games in in the Bundesliga and they're already out of the t- title race. So. Well, they 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 won one and, and drawn one, so that's just that's just not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess yeah, when you're in a league with Bayern Munich, I, I guess. Yeah. Right. Okay. Group A, straightforward. Group B. Group B: Barcelona, Inter Milan, PSV, and Tottenham. So this this I think was going to be a very very interesting group. Mm. Um, in for my opinion, I think that it's really going to be more of a question of who comes second than first. I think Barcelona definitely have that first spot sewn up well, should do um, yeah but the question is is will Spurs finish above Inter Milan or will uh, Inter Milan finish above Spurs I think PSV um, w- as ever with um, uh, Dutch sides usually they're very technical and not so physical and then they struggle on uh, um, European stages uh, well at least recently they have so I think that Inter Milan, they bought well this summer, but they haven't had a particularly great start to the, the Serie A. So I don't know. I think that I think the Spurs will probably pip them to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have thought Barca and Tottenham. And I was thinking Inter and PSV would fight it out for third. But I guess, yeah, I don't pay attention to Serie A, so I don't know who Inter have, have bought. Yeah, like Inter, they've, they've had... Um, they bought a, a couple of Croatian guys at, off the back of the World Cup. I think they bought... The the guy with the funny moustache who plays for Croatia. Oh yes, him. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure that I'm sure that's for our <laughs> listeners, they know exactly who I mean. Oh yeah. But in terms of their start to the, the league, they've like won one, lost one, drawn one. So at least there's like some balance. Balance. All that matters, really, depending on which mad Tyson you ask. <laughs> yeah, I think that in some land they they can do stuff, especially if like Icardi turns up because. He's a good player and he scores goals. And in the end, that's what that matters. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Group C. Red Star Belgrade in here. Liverpool, Napoli and PSG. What, what are you thinking? I'm thinking PSG, then Liverpool, then Napoli, then Red Star. I mean, I don't think Red Star have a hope. This is probably the group of death. Yeah. Red Star don't have a hope completely. I think that actually PSG will finish top just because they have, a, they have enough quality to do so. 
but I'm not sure the Liverpool will finish second. Maybe I'm rating uh, Napoli too highly, uh, considering they <laughs> they got thrashed 3-0 by Sampordia uh, last game. Uh, but they their first three games of the season, you know, they, they came back. The first two games, they came back from losing positions to, to win against Lazio and, and AC Milan. Okay, yeah, yeah that's good, good results. They've, they've got something there. Um, uh, and uh, Zielinski has had a, their like central midfielder. I think he's like a place as an attacking mid- midfielder. Um, he's had a fairly like quick start for them, uh, scoring a couple of goals. Uh, uh, and even though uh, Ancelotti has come in, which who has like he's more of a, a man manager than a tactics manager, I think that I think that he should do. I think that he's doing an all right job. So you know. Okay. I think that. I think that Liverpool might struggle on the road. That's all I'm worried about. Yes. I, but then I'd um, say Anfield always, you could argue, more than makes up for that. That's the thing. Makes up for it. Yeah. 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 And I, I think Liverpool are almost a whole level better than they were last season. If you look at how well they okay. did. And I think, yeah. I mean, I didn't realise Joe Gomez was as good as he is. So, And I mean, Lovren's injured, but I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, anyone's going to miss the best defender on the planet. But <laughs> jo- Joe Gomez is playing well next to Van Dijk. Like, it looks like their defence is sorted. They've got a proper goalkeeper. Uh, they've, they've reinforced the midfield and they have arguably one of the, arguably the best front three in world football. Mm, mm. Yeah, fair enough. I think I think it'll be interesting. Um, I think funny things happen off the back of like of um, World Cup years when players have been playing a little bit longer, um, a little bit less time to set up for the season, especially when we think about how early the Premier League started this year. Um, Wait, was it particularly early? It felt, felt early to me. It was like the first of, wasn't it like the first week of August? We're already four games in. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it felt about right. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, I, I, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I just don't, I don't have faith in Liverpool, but maybe that, maybe I'm biased. I don't know. I think they're a good team, but I think we just got to wait and see. Okay, all right. Because, because if, if we think about it, like everyone's going to beat Red Star Belgrade. Right, or everyone yeah, should everyone be should, Red yes. Star Belgrade. Yes. Especially because, I think, aren't they playing behind closed doors as well? So they don't even really have a home advantage anyway. True. But um, the point I will make is all those uh, Napoli, Liverpool and PSG, that's all They're on, That's all Western Europe. So the, the long trip out there to Belgrade, that does have an impact, or it will have an impact. You could also think about it the other way around. The long trip from Belgrade to Liverpool, Napoli and PSG might have an effect on the, on the Red Star team. This is true. There's, there's always another side to the coin. So for Group D, I feel like this is, rather than you talk about the last group was a group of death, I think this is like, I don't know, the group of life. Like This is open, <laughs> it's open season. It's open season, right? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go for uh, Galatasaray, uh, Schalke, then Porto, and then Moscow. I'll be honest, I'm going to cop out and just say, I don't know. I think you could literally just put the... The balls that they used for the draw, you just put all their put all their names back in a bag and just draw them out of a hat. I think that's wait. Did I literally just say put them in a bag and draw them out of a hat? Yeah, but but you also copped out and like, what's the point? Like, like what are the listeners gonna think? Put your put your money where your mouth is. I have no money. <laughs> you know that, Sammy. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Porto, then Galatasaray, then to Moscow, then Schalke. Interesting, interesting choice there. Would you believe me? You know how I said I, I think you're looking at the groups on Google. I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. Yeah. You know, you know that's 
just the order that it is on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Porto is the is the one here which has like maybe the highest like um, differential. Like they can play really well uh, sometimes in in the Champions League and like get quite shock results. Hmm. Um, so I think that in some ways they they could actually like do all right, you know. In the end, they got what they got Cassias. Um, Hector Herrera, Barami, uh, Vincent Abubakar. He's 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 decent. Pops a few in every now and then. Okay. Every now and then. So, I don't know. I mean, I I couldn't name any player that plays for any of these guys apart from the ones you just named. Now, I guess, unless John Terry joined a Moscow team, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the Moscow team that we're going to talk about in a second or or this one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, John Terry somewhere in Moscow, I I assume. Yeah. Anyway, Group E, we've got AEK, Ajax, Bayern, Benfica. Well, I mean, I can't look past Bayern to win this group. Yep. After that, I'm I'm gonna go for Benfica ahead of Ajax and then AEK, just the whipping boys, I guess. Which, which. Um. So I I think I went the other way around, um, because uh, Benfica. Oh, pretty good, right? And they, they they've got through the group stage a couple of times. Like, uh, did they did they play Bayern last year? Like to get to in the last sixteen or something? Maybe. I mean, Bayern would have if they if it was them. Bayern knocked them out anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I've got a good. I've got maybe a, a a bit of a good feeling about about Ajax uh, this year. Um, I think they've got a little bit more experience uh, than previous years. They've still obviously got Jan Klaas Huntelaar, or Klaas Jan Huntelaar, whichever order. Klaas Jan, yeah. Daily Blind has come in, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a couple of very nice like young defenders. It was only a couple of years ago that they were in the the final of the the Europa League. So, I think I think they might I think they might sneak out of this one, you know. Okay, all right. And then and then I've got Benfica and then AEK, yeah, AEK definitely going to be a whipping boys. Unfortunately for them. In terms of in terms of Group F, we got we got Hoffenheim, Man City, Leon, and Shakhtar Donetsk. I think it's going to be pretty easy for Man City to finish top of that group, and I'd be surprised, like really, really surprised if they don't. Oh yeah, they should walk it. They should walk it absolutely. The only problem they actually might have really is um, in terms of Hoffenheim because they are a very tactic, very organised, defensive. A team that works well on set pieces. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think that, that like, Man City are going to lose to them, but maybe there'll be a draw, you know? Um, I don't think Leon have the defensive might to be able to to hold back City. And Shakhtar Donetsk, let's be real, when they beat City last time, it was because City were playing some B team. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty fluky. A win's a win, Sammy. Yeah. So um, I'm actually going to go, even though I think that uh, Hoffenheim is probably the only team that might cause City trouble because they're so defensive, I'm going to go with the order City, then Leon, uh, Schachter, and then Hoffenheim, which is because I don't think Hoffenheim will be able to score many goals, but I think they'll be able to prevent people from scoring against them, if you know what I mean. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think? The same as you, except I was going to go for Schachter ahead of Leon. Okay. I think I think Leon have been like sneaky good uh, uh, previously. Obviously, they've. If we think about previous years, they were in the Europa League last year. They were 
do they get to the round of 16 by the looks of it um they've also got fairly decent players you know Fakir Depay Bertrand Traore uh, they got they got, they got some attacking might there Moussa Dembele they recently signed okay okay so I, I think that, that, that maybe there's something more to them than maybe like it looked like on the tin um and I think that they'll definitely be then they should be able to get get a point from Shakhtar. The only thing is, when you're playing in Turkey, it can be scary, and it, you know people do get intimidated, and play, teams just sometimes just crumble under that atmosphere. As true as that might be, Shakhtar is in Ukraine, or is it Donetsk that's in Ukraine? What's the name of the place? Basically, Shakhtar Donetsk is not Turkish. Uh guys. Should we just start this whole thing again? <laughs> No, we, 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 we just got to keep that in because, you, you know, we just got to show that we have no idea what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> right, okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on to Group, group G. Yep. So you got um, CSK Moscow, Real Madrid, Roma, and then Pletzen. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I don't know. Okay, all right. Uh, all right. I, don't, I don't know where Victoria Pletzen, Pletzen is. Uh Czech Republic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, what what are you going for? Yeah, Real Madrid, Roma, CSKA, Victoria. I, I would have said Pilsen, but you know, I'm my my Czech isn't very good. Dude, I, I have no idea. I think yeah. Okay. Cool. Like Real Madrid uh, and Roma should definitely be there. Mm. Uh, top two. Um, CSKA Moscow. I think it doesn't really matter. I think you could; those two teams at the bottom could could be interchangeable. I don't really know who plays for if anyone good plays for Pelzen, Pelzen, Pelzen. They all look like Czech players. To be fair, having a quick look over, but yeah, I don't think there's much to say other than that. Should be should be a fairly simple group for basically whoever 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 gets the most most points from Real Madrid versus Roma, they should finish first, and then the rest of the, like the rest of the order, you know. It is what it is. Let's be honest. That should be Real Madrid, though. You know, they just, they just did three in a row. I mean, they now don't have a player that made fifty goal seasons normal. Yeah. But you know, they're still Real Madrid. Yeah. And uh, wasn't it was it Isco that came out with a comment and said like, "Oh, we don't miss, we don't miss him at all." <laughs> I mean, that sounds a bit like somebody who's who's ex split up with them. <laughs> oh, that's what it sounds like to uh, me. Oh yeah, we don't miss Ronaldo, do we, guys? We have ba- we have Bale, we've still got me, there's Sergio Ramos, we're, we're fine. Got a new goalkeeper, everything's fine. We don't miss him. But, I, but yeah, I don't, I mean, they, they will miss him. Like I say, 50 goal seasons shouldn't be normal. I'm glad that I am old enough to remember before Messi and Ronaldo came in and did what they're doing. Oh, oh yeah. But Real Madrid still, I mean, yeah, the, the, the class that they, that side still oozes is, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Obviously, they got quality all over the pitch, and in the end, that that's what should make the difference. Hmm. Um, like looking at Roma and, and the players they have, they've 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 got they've got they've got players, right? Mm-hmm. Those players seem like they're decent. Have they signed a replacement keeper? I'm assuming you're looking at the squad right now. Uh, yeah, I think they signed um, Robin Olsen. Uh, Who the 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 Swedish keeper? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So they they signed Robin Olsen, the, the Swedish keeper. I wonder where he was playing at before. He was playing at FC Malmau. Oh no, Copenhagen. Okay, okay, all right. It's quite it's quite a big step up that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those clubs. I mean, Malmo and Copenhagen. I mean, yeah, they might have been like 
definitely Europa League, if not in Champions League group stages. Yeah. But yeah, to be going to one of the biggest clubs in Italy is quite a step. But I'm assuming he was at the World Cup, so yeah. you, you know, this isn't not like he hasn't played in high pressure matches before. No. Um, and and I guess maybe 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 Roma we're like underrating them now. They shouldn't be Real Madrid, but they didn't make it very far to the in the um, in the Champions League. I mean, yeah, they did well to get that far, but I still haven't forgiven them for robbing us of the possible two, three Classicos in a week and a half. If the draw had gone, you know, the way that I wanted it to. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I think that, that from that, I think we've got pretty much a, a fairly strong consensus on who's going to finish first and second. I, th- I think the group... We, we, the group we gotta we gotta finish with is the main one, which I think is also going to be quite a tough one uh, for us in terms of our, our our support. Looking at Group H here, we've got Juventus, uh, Man United, Valencia, and Young Boys. I'm just gonna say now, I think that's how it will finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say exactly the same thing. So I think that it should finish like that. Now, Valencia has got a big, big open-air stadium, and that could be have a big effect, maybe. Um, but it should be a very interesting group. I'm not going to lie. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, a, I'm probably like a, a pessimist, but uh, I could see, I could see May United not making it out of this group. I mean, I, I know I've thought that once, maybe twice, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> um, Valencia, uh, their their forward Rodrigo, who played for for Spain. Um, I think he's really, really good. He is good. He scored, uh, bear in mind, at the time of recording, we're recording this after England played Spain. So if you watch that, you'll know. First of all, for his goal, to be fair, nobody tracked him. He runs from the back post, and when he goes in front of Kane, all Kane does is give him a little nudge in the back and then go back to tracking the ball. But then Kane, like, and then Rodrigo, no one's on him. That goal shouldn't have happened. But yes, he does look like a good player. Yeah. They haven't had a great start to the season, so... Maybe, maybe maybe that could mean something. Um, maybe. I'm looking at this. But we, we haven't had a great start to the season either. So if it means something, then we're both. <laughs> then, you know, yeah. we're both at that disadvantage. Yeah. They they lost, they, they drew with um, Atletico 1-1. Oh, yeah, so that, I guess that's, that, a, that's, that's right. a good result. Yeah. But then they lost to Espanyol 2-0. Okay. And then they drew 2-2 with Levante. Okay. I think Levante had a man sent off. Yeah, those, those those aren't great results. After seventy six minutes, so this is had a, a good like 15, 15 minutes or so to like have an effect on the game when they were down ten men, uh, and they didn't. Okay, it should be interesting. They they also signed Dennis Cherishev this Ooh, okay. <laughs> in the off season, so they're one of those teams that watches the World Cup and it's like, oh, that player looks good, and then <laughs> signs him. But you know, each to his own. <laughs> I mean, Cherishev looked good, but I mean, you know, anyone can. I mean, international tournaments is just a way for certain players to put themselves in the shot window. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think it's going to be... I'm, I'm really excited, man. Like, I can't wait for those, can't wait for it to come back. And I think in previous years, I think there's been a bit of a feeling that the Champions League group stages can be a bit of like a... like a, a punching bag stage for the big teams. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll just see Ronaldo get five goals against the Cypriot team. Like, it, it does happen. Yeah. I, I, I don't... I think I think that in this in this year there's maybe there's a lot there's I think there's a few more groups where there's rather than being just two outstanding teams who are def- definitely going to take it I think there's probably like three teams so if you look at Group A there's three good teams in there 
looking at Group B, there's three good teams there. Group C, three good teams. Okay, skip Group D. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to be fair, at least with Group D, though, we've still got four teams that are maybe all about the same quality. So if you're watching it as a neutral... Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I will add that, I mean, the Champions League, everyone always says, you know, the Champions League, it's during the knockouts is when it becomes a European Cup again. Yeah. And, you know, not, I'll admit the knockouts are better. I mean, I will go through group stage, but it's more just a case of, I'll watch as many United games as I can, and then it'll depend on, for example, when Liverpool play PSG, you know, that should be good. Uh, yeah. Tottenham play Barcelona, that should be good. And let's go versus maybe Dortmund. I, I don't know. I don't know how interested in group A I am, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when the, when, the other big, when the big teams in the other groups face each other, that should be interesting. Mm. But yeah, I think, I mean, let's be honest, the Champions League doesn't really kick into high gear until you get to Feb with the knockouts. Yeah, fair enough. That's a reasonable criticism. Talking about um, the Champions League, let's move on to its little brother. Uh, we've got the Europa League. Um, now, look, we're not going to go through every single group because the group's got to L and let's be real. That, that's not something that we want to do. It's probably not something that you want to listen to either. So, so we're just gonna um, go over the, the the highlights. I think starting off, um, I just want to give a quick honourable mention to Group B. Other than Celtic being there, they also have RB Leipzig and Red Bull Salzburg uh, in the same group, which is always always fun to have a Red Bull derby. Yeah, sorry, I, I've only just realised that as well. Um, is that allowed? So, so technically, it is allowed. Uh, they played each other, uh, <clears throat> I think it was last year, uh, towards the end of the, the Europa League. It is allowed because um, they're not technically like owned by the same people. So Wait, are you, are you Bull, telling me they're not, owned by, they're not both owned by Red Bull? Is that what you're trying well, to tell me? Well, so like Red Bull, uh, Salzburg, Red Bull has pulled a lot of the resources out of, of, of it. Uh so, like, even though they they probably own the club, they there's they don't own like they don't own own it or they don't have as much invested in it. So okay, but last time they played, Red Bull Salzburg beat Red Bull Leipzig. I thought, um, which is not what the Red Bull owners would want, if you know what I mean. Like they would much rather have have their new like the the new pretty boy uh, Leipzig side do well. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm still rooting for Celtic, but we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. They don't they don't have, they don't have a great record in European competition in recent years. Yeah, and I mean, look now that now that Burnley on it, there's there's no point really. <laughs> if we end up with an old firm in the Europa League, yeah, because uh, I only realised today when having a look at these groups that Rangers made it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, oh, European old firm, please. To be fair, I say that I still probably won't watch it. <laughs> no, and and probably the team that's going to win the Europa League is going to be a team that comes out of the Champions League. So, you know, yeah. What, what's the point? Well, I mean, odds on Bayern Munich finishing third in their group so they can knock out Arsenal. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess fast forwarding to Group E, I expect Arsenal to get out of that. I mean, them and Sporting because I mean, Karabag, please, and then a Ukrainian team I've never heard of. Yeah, Arsenal's group is going to be it's going to be chill. Gonna be, it should be Arsenal then Sporting. Uh, it was great to see that um, the, the like the prophecy came like was fulfilled when uh, Arsenal like fan Twitter account tweeted 
uh, something about Spurs going to, traveling to Carabag and how it was stupid, and now they're traveling <laughs> to Carabag. So I guess I guess it all comes around, right? It's like poetry; it rhymes. <laughs> um, looking at just quick quick mention for for Rangers group, I think they're actually going to probably struggle a little bit here. Yes, you know, it's Villarreal and Spartak Rangers... Moscow. That's why th- yeah, I think those two are cut above Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Villarreal have had a, had a have had a good start to the season, if I'm to remember correctly. They they're not doing too bad. Oh, they are doing pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> they they've lost two and, and and drawn one. It's been a bit of a mixed bag, but I, I didn't I didn't think that Villarreal had such a bad team. But we we'll just have to we we'll have to wait and see. They they should be they should ha- have a higher quality. Obviously, the Spanish league is is much higher quality than the the Scottish league. So I think Rangers, you know, considering they're struggling to finish second, I'm, I would be very, very surprised uh, if they finish first or even second in this group. Agreed. I think we should might as well just skip all the way to L because that's where that's yep. Chelsea's group. Chelsea should top it. Well, no, it depends on how seriously they want to take the Europa League. Actually, yeah, I think Chelsea have a good chance of winning the league. But I guess if they win the Europa League, that's a trophy plus they're definitely in the Champions League. Mm. Whereas if you look at just in the Premier League. You got six teams fighting for four spots, and you know that doesn't work. Yeah, and and Sari has done a very good job this season as well. I think he's going to do well. Hmm. So yeah, if they take this competition seriously, then they should bulk that group. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go. I don't know if to have to, if to pick Barte or Pauk. Yeah, either of those guys could finish second. But this what, Hungarian team, I I don't think they'll. Yeah, I think they're the whipping boys here. But yeah, with Chelsea, I think it depends on depends on how seriously they take it. Because everyone yeah. everyone always complains about playing on a Thursday than the Sunday. Everyone always complains about it when they're in Europa League. Obviously, when United won it back in 2017, it was very clear that we weren't going to finish. Well, I think we could have snuck in the top four, but Mourinho is more than prepared to put all his eggs in that basket. Yeah, which is like a pretty risky target, risky strategy. Hmm. But it, it paid off. It did. But I, I think Chelsea are title contenders, which is why this, you know, which is why I'm wondering whether whether they'll take this seriously. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about Chelsea being title contenders, let's let's move on to the Premier League and sort of round up the the last four games. Chelsea are, are sitting up there, four games, four wins, alongside Liverpool and Watford. Watford. Yes, yeah. Watford are joint top. Yeah, which is, which to be fair is. is quite surprising i don't know where do we where do we put them on our on our thumbs up thumbs down review i feel like we gave them a thumbs up but not this big a thumb up <laughs> well considering that they're only what they're only uh 38 not 38 28 points away from safety like they they should be should be pretty good they'll, they'll definitely finish in the top half of the table i'll be surprised unless they do that thing that they did last season which is you know we'll stop playing after christmas yeah yeah well, it's probably more just the fact that Marco Silva was distracted. Well, the Premier League needs to crack down on tapping up then. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, Watford. I mean, I've heard some people wonder if they're going to do going to do a Leicester. And I messaged one of our friends, you know, the big Watford fan. Yeah. Saying, you know, Watford to win the league. And he was like, yeah, it's coming home. I don't know what emotional state he's in. He's got revision. So, you know. If you look at those games, though, if you look at Watford versus Brighton, uh, like you'd expect them to win that. Burnley versus Watford. You'd think Burnley would give them a run for their money, but it just, obviously Burnley will probably focus on Europa League. Um, 
Watford versus Crystal Palace, yeah. You know, it could go either way, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't say on Crystal Palace's day, they could easily beat Watford if, you know, if Zaha's like banging them in. Mm-hmm. And if Benteke takes a chance, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the point, I mean, just to focus on Benteke for a second. I remember I made this point to my younger brother. There was a time when Benteke and Lukaku were about the same ability. Yeah. So if you're wondering what happened to Benteke, I mean, like Lukaku, I'd say he's one of the best strikers on the planet, whereas Benteke just can't score to save his life. I mean, he's, he's not going to have a, much, a life for much longer, really. Uh, if I was Crystal Palace, I'd be getting a striker uh, if, in the January transfer window if I could, mm-hmm. because really they can't score goals without Zaha and yeah. Benteke is is useless. Maybe he's good for his hold up play. Maybe that's why Roy Hodgson likes him. But sure, really, maybe. It's... otherwise, yeah, you end up having to play maybe Zaha up front and ha- add in another attacking midfielder or another winger or something. Yeah. Uh, oh well, I mean, I think Roy Hodgson he's been around long enough to know what he's doing. So yeah, and I think that um, like looking talking about like. Roy Hodgson and, and the poor start that they had last year. Obviously, Roy Hodgson done such a good job at main like steadying the ship and, and really getting what's best out of those players. But I think that it might be possible that West Ham might might have a worse start this season than, than Crystal Palace did last season because they're looking really, really all, all over the shop, I, I think. I mean, I remember I definitely gave West Ham a thumbs up because they have Pellegrini. Yeah, I remember we were wondering, is it Moyes? And I was like, no, it's Pellegrini. He's won the league; they'll be fine. But um, yeah, I remember because I, I I thought Palace might get the points record last season. I was thinking because I mean it was four games, four losses with zero goals scored. Yeah, you know that that it was bad. Which is so I understand why De Boer lost his job. So Pellegrini, I mean they West Ham. It seems like by all accounts they gave a good performance against, for example, Arsenal because like, they scored against Arsenal. They, I think they might have got the opener. Yeah, I mean, not that they haven't scored goals. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they haven't been abjectly you know, poor, but I mean, you you probably want to get some points on the board at some point, right? I mean, I'm looking at these results: four nil lost to Liverpool. Okay, Liverpool are like, probably going to be either first or second this year. Bournemouth two one lost to Bournemouth, three one lost to Arsenal. You know, one nil lost to to Wolves. I guess I guess with the Wolves game, like it wasn't like the ninety third minute that they conceded that goal. But conversely, it's the fact that I mean, you're ready in stoppage time. Just concentrate for a little bit longer and just get the draw. Like it's a, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think West Ham West Ham haven't been poor, so I wouldn't. I mean, zero points is kind of worrying, but I don't think they should be that worried. If that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Wait, who do we predict to go down? Was it like Huddersfield and? Brighton, someone else. I think I went for. I think it was Huddersfield, Cardiff. Oh yeah, Cardiff and, and Brighton. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I think that would sound about right. I had very low. I had. I had very high hopes for Wolves. I think I've been proven proven right with that team. Like five points after four games. I think that yeah, they should the, be pretty. With the, with the point against City as well. I but you know yeah. the, against City that goal shouldn't have stood. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. VAR would have caught that. That's the thing. Absolutely. That that's yes. Yeah, so that's a point in favour. Bring of back VAR. Yeah. Well, I mean, you bring it in. Prem's never had it. <laughs> um, looking at looking at the table, I think that it's it's that because it's the start of the season and it's still a bit funny and people are still like Liverpool. They've played four games. Those four games have been against Leicester. Brighton, Crystal Palace, 
West Ham. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect them to win all four of those. I mean, I would anyway. I think no, I definitely I think they're they're, they're easy fixtures. Um, so in a way, they I don't think they've really been tested. So it's, it's interesting. I think Chelsea, uh, in some ways, they had a bit of a trickier start playing against Arsenal. Even though Arsenal aren't that great, they played Newcastle, which I always think is a hard place to go to. So I think it's it's quite interesting to see them doing so well. Well, I mean, for me, I think what's interesting about Chelsea is the fact that like no one really spoke about them in terms of being title contenders beforehand. Yeah. So they're kind of looking like, I'd say, dark horses, even though we know they've got quality, but no one's really speaking about them in terms of winning this thing. Yeah. I think it's it's testament to um, the quality uh, of manager that Sari is, that mm. he's actually just such a good manager. And he came into the sport the long way around, you know, he used to be like the, an accountant or, or a banker, I think. Uh, uh, and really spent a long, long time in the lower leagues. You know, Eddie Howie going to visit him when he was uh, in Syria B, doing almost an exchange and, and like, viewing his matches and stuff. So it, it's quite, I think it's quite an interesting, um, interesting way to come to the sport. And yeah, he's he's only done himself favors with the way that he's he he manages teams and what he's done at Napoli and maybe what he's going to do here now at Chelsea. He's already got them winning games which is more than they did last year <laughs> um i think that obviously we've got man city here in fourth and they've dropped points already but i think that things will even out and it should be they should be really really taking this i don't see i don't see teams beating them to be fair yeah i, I see what you mean i mean the wolves i mean as much as wolves goal shouldn't have happened wolves played well yeah and if you know you can get at city they're not invincible yeah but but, yeah, I mean, they are the best team in this league. How many other teams in world football can cope with the injury to a player of the calibre of Kevin De Bruyne? Exactly. And I think that's like a great way of thinking about it because it could sometimes be forgotten. Yeah, I think De Bruyne is the best footballer in this league. Yeah. And yet, they still have enough quality for that to not matter. Yeah. I think the only reason why Man City might not be winning the league this year is because they might be wanting to win the Champions League. I think that Pep Guardiola will be very, very keen to to win the Champions League, especially considering, you know, his time at Bayern Munich and the fact that he didn't. And it was like, almost like the elephant in the room that he didn't win the Champions League. Three semi-final exits. I mean, this is probably harsh. Yeah. And maybe I am anti-Pep, but I think he failed by not winning the Champions League with Bayern. Pep's a fraud. I mean, I mean you could argue... <laughs> I mean, you could argue that... Um, it was a side that just that had just done the treble. How can you improve them? So from that point of view, okay, it wasn't like when Mourinho went to Inter and they were, you know, they Mancini had won the league with Inter, but he couldn't get help get them to progress in the Champions League. Mourinho yeah. went in and they won it. Yeah. But when it's the other way around, when you've just won it, what more can you really do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I could see City focusing more on the Champions League if it comes if it does come down to a choice between the two. Yeah. Whereas, like to contrast that, Liverpool. I mean, they haven't won the league since five years before we were born. <laughs> yeah, if they're going to focus on a competition, it'll be the Premier League. Yeah. Just looking looking, looking down the table, um, I think Newcastle being at the bottom, it's really just tantamount to the, all the chaos that's going on behind closed doors in, in the way that the club's managed, the, the transfers in or lack of transfers. And really... Rafa Benitez shouldn't be shouldn't be managing a team with such low quality players, uh, and people are complaining that he's been playing two defensively. Like, you look at their games, man. Like 
you're playing against Manchester City and uh, Chelsea. I don't know what you expect. There's, they're always going to be difficult games. What, what can you do? You know, it's he's he's doing the best he can. I don't, Benitez is not the problem. Yeah. It's. I mean, you said all the chaos there. I mean, in some cases, chaos is a ladder, but in this case, it looks like it's a pit. A slide. <laughs> I mean, ordinarily, I don't believe that chaos is a pit, but in this case, it looks like it is. Varius was right. To be, I'm looking at their their fixtures this season, right? First fixture: Tottenham, Cardiff, Chelsea, Man City, and then next one is Arsenal. Yeah, it's not kind. I mean, against Cardiff as well, they only got a point. Cardiff hadn't scored until the match against Arsenal. Yeah. So you could argue, you know, Cardiff were there for the taking. Yeah. And they just didn't put them to the sword. In fact, they had, Newcastle got a penalty late on, didn't they? I can't remember, but I know that Newcastle had a had a man sent off. I think they were down to ten, but yeah, convinced it was if they had a penalty late on and it was saved. Yes, yeah, Kennedy, Kennedy missed a penalty, ninety six minute. I mean, yeah, the fixtures haven't been kind, but you got you got to take your chances when they arise. I mean, okay, you're down to ten men against the Cardiff. Okay, Cardiff aren't great; they will probably go down. But if you have a penalty late on, that should be the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. You should be scoring penalties. There's no reason why you shouldn't be scoring a penalty. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, the I think the last team that I want to talk about specifically um, this season so far is, is Fulham. They've just been a joy to watch. And I think, like, obviously, I, I sort of expected it. Um, I expected it in terms of the amount of goals they score and probably concede. <laughs> um, like, in all the games that they've they've played in, They've sort of held their own, even though they lost like three one to to Tottenham. They they were still there, and that Crystal Palace game just to start of the season was just like a lesson, a harsh harsh lesson in taking your chances for Fulham. Um, I don't think that they're going to make those those same mistakes again. So I'm I'm really excited to to watch this this team and Mitrovic is a bit of like a cult hero. So can't wait to to watch him bang more goals in. Joint top scorer at the moment. <laughs> not bad, not bad. I mean, I do wonder why it didn't work out for Mitrovic at Newcastle. I mean, part. I mean, obviously, when he first was there, he decided that he was more interested in getting himself sent off. Mm. <laughs> but, but like after that, I mean, he played well at the World Cup, and he did well for Fulham. I don't understand. Ah, maybe he just didn't settle. Yeah. But, but Fulham did look alright. I mean, how how did they get Andre Scherler on a two year loan deal? Yeah, I think Andre Scherler is is old. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, he's still got quality. I mean, okay, yeah, maybe he's familiar with West London because he used to play for Chelsea. Yeah, but surely, surely it's not just a case of hey, I get to live in West London again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think like if you also look at Mitrovic at, um, at Newcastle in 2017-18, he played six games, scored one goal. That's not terrible. But how many of those games did he start? That's the thing, because stats like that can be misleading. Yeah, no, and I think I'm pretty sure that one goal he scored against was was against West Brom, uh, and he came on as a sub. Offers a sub. I think I was there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Your local team. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think that like across the whole season he's played seven games, scored two goals. So it was interesting. I thought I thought that he was better than that, but the stats here aren't like crying out for him to be praised too much. But I I've always appreciated his work rate and and the fact that he's always seemed dangerous at least. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Have you got any any teams you want to give a shout out to so far for this season? Uh, in fact, I guess why not? Let's go over Tottenham. Yeah, they became the first side 
to not sign a player during the summer transfer window in Premier League history anyway. I had no idea. I mean, I guess it stands to reason that that wouldn't have happened before. So I was thinking, you know, they, they might struggle. But you flip it, they kept hold of all their best players. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I think they're trying to tie them all down all to longer contracts. Like, Ericsson's either in talks or has just signed. You know, they, they've still got their team. I mean, yes, I've heard a criticism that if they get, like, one injury, they could be done because maybe a lack of depth. Yeah. But for now, it must be pretty good to be a Tottenham fan. Yeah, and I think, what, Harry Kane's played 67 games in, in the last like, the last year, the last 12 months. Which is a lot of games to play. A lot of games to play. Yeah, in fact, I was surprised to see him start in the first game of the of the season. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the number of Tottenham players that were at that World Cup for like till the end, pretty much. Yeah. Because you got you got the Vertonghen and and uh, Alderweireld because Belgium. You have uh, obviously Kane, Ali. Who else is English there? Um, Dyer. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of players didn't get back till late. So I'm surprised. I, I don't know, because Pochettino, when they lost to Watford, Pochettino predicted that they would crash at some point. Yeah. I mean, I guess I wouldn't have assumed it would come against Watford, but I guess, you know, Watford are the best team in the league now, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, Tottenham, they look, they look good. Obviously, against United, it was a case of, as well as United may have played, Tottenham took their chances. Yeah. I think that... I think that what Tottenham have done over the last few seasons is... They've got their identity. They've got their players that they like. They've made smart moves in in the transfer market in terms of selling players worth more than they are. Kyle Walker, you know, was a ripe market to sell him. Man City really, really needed a a right back. He's he's a good right back, but yeah, sixty seven million is what is it? Sixty seven million, right? It was. I think. I think it was around fifty mil. Around fifty million. It's a huge amount of money, and. I think they it was a smart move there in terms of in terms of them making that move and I don't think they really felt the effects of, of losing him at all. Yeah, I mean Trippier has improved a lot. So I mean Trippier's not as quick as Walker. I mean who is? But Trippier is much better delivery, so he gives you you know, he offers something different. Yeah. I think that would like like you said, it's gonna come down to injuries, it's gonna come down to fitness. And if you know if something bad happens to to one of their core players, whether that's Kane, whether that's Ericsson, Vertonghen, someone in the defence, I think they might, they might, they might have a bit of a dip in form, just as anyone would expect. I just don't, I'm just not sure about their depth really. On men- mentioning that, sorry, go on. I would say from a selfish point of view, I want to see their squad depth get tested. Yeah. Like for example, I mean, I, okay, they have Ben Davies and Rose. Like I think certain positions they can handle. For example, yeah, if they think, if they lose Vertonghen, I can still go with the back four, and they still have um. Uh, Davison Sanchez and Alderweireld but I think for example if Trippier gets injured they don't have like a sub right back maybe Walker Peters but isn't he still a teenager I think so uh, if they lose Kane anyone would anyone would miss Kane yeah because it's the fact that their striker their backup strikers don't have the quality to step into that position yeah a few injuries in the wrong positions and they could suffer yeah and and they're going to have a hard game next week uh, against against Liverpool where is that game Wembley or it is it's at Tottenham so okay at Wembley I guess yeah I mean last time last last time they played each other there it was it was the one where Lovren got sent off uh uh subbed in the first half ah uh... but I guess no Lovren probably won't play because Joe Gomez is better than him <laughs> that should be a good match regardless I think that's gonna be interesting I think the last comment I think I want to make about the 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 Premier League is you know the the sideshow attraction that is 
Jose Mourinho and the fact that he's turned into suddenly the nice one. Like he had that he had that meltdown where he called for for respect uh, against against Spurs, but he's suddenly trying to develop a racial relationship with the fans and like is going out clapping to the fans and I'm hearing all these these reports that the fans fans love him and I don't know. That's that's the thing. I mean. I, I'm fully on his side because he got given a new contract. Was it back in January? At some point during the last season. Yeah. So if you're going to give him a contract, you need to back him. So obviously when he was saying, everyone thinks that he wanted a centre-back. And if you look at our side, we need a centre-back. You need a centre-back, yeah. The worst thing, I think I was reading an article on The Independent. Some Someone in the, com- someone in the comments was like, if if Alderweireld had 70 million Twitter followers, Ed Woodward would have paid the 70 mil. And the sad thing is that I think that's true. Don't get me wrong, he's he's good at what he does. He's made us a commercial juggernaut. I mean, we're Man United, we're one of the biggest clubs on the planet, but we earn so much money. Like if we were to be, if we were to be sold tomorrow, we'd probably go for two billion. Yeah. But I think we also need a director of football. Yeah. Because with Woodward, he's not he's not a football man. He started off as an investment banker. Yeah. So he's he's good he's good with the money and with the marketing, but he's not. I mean, our side needs a centre back. He should have just been like, there you go, Mourinho. Here's the money to sign a centre back, or yeah, you know, I'll get you a centre back. Yeah, I mean, but it's also I feel like there are mixed messages. For example, apparently we would have been we would have been prepared to spend like a hundred mil on Varane, but that's, I think that's because he ticks all the boxes. He's one of the best centre backs on the planet. He's like what, like twenty five? Like he's still so there's still some resale value there. Whereas with Terry Alderweireld, he turns thirty during this season, so he wouldn't want to spend like seventy mil on him, even though he's one of the best centre backs on the planet. Yeah. So I feel like they're mixed messages. Like I think if we had a director of football that could like help bridge that gap yeah and actually spot talent like you know yes the bringing in of of, of Lindelof last season was just our recruitment's been poor for years yeah I mean I mean how could I'm mean, going back to Moise's first transfer window how could we want to spend 35 mil for a combined for Baines and Fellaini then end up spending how much did we sign Fellaini for is it like 31 30 yeah 27 the maths there just does not make sense. Yeah. Yeah, so our recruitment has been poor for a while. Obviously, like, the next summer, when we got Schweinsteiger and Schneiderlin, it looked like Wood was like, okay, we're just going to throw money at this. Yeah. But, like, throwing money at it is not, not necessarily the... Yes. Yeah, it's the not. Attitude. Like, yeah, because, I mean, we're buying players, but I don't think they're necessarily the right players. Because we bought in De Maria, but look at how that ended. We got in Falcao, and the amount, I mean, it was only on loan, but the amount we were spending on his wages, and obviously look at how that turned out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I think... Woodward needs some help in that regard. Yeah, I think from what I've heard is that we're 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 looking to hire a, a director of football. Yeah, so that can only be good news. So I hope, yeah, I hope we, yeah, just make the make the right choice there. I guess. Also, yeah, I think best case scenario for United, I could still, I, I don't know, I mean, this is maybe a bit of bias. I could still see us winning the league. I think the best case scenario for us is we win the league, then Mourinho leaves. Because <laughs> I I find it difficult to believe that he will be here for much longer. I, yeah, I, I I think I agree with that, but I also I don't think that we're going to win the league. I think yeah, it'll be tough. Well, fingers crossed on a, on a, on some t- something going on in the Champions League or even an FA Cup, please. Like at least that would be like something of note. Yeah. Moving on to the UEFA Nations League, it's been an interesting first round of fixtures. Yes. And I think before we get into any detail, um, what what's what's your take on it? Yeah, originally when it came in, I was wondering, you know, what is this? Why does this exist? You know, who's who's this really benefit? But I think it's, I think UEFA is doing it to try and combat the club game 
because you know I, I think I was watching the debate was it like last week or the week before or whatever and one of the people on it were talking about it might be Danny Higginbottom he was talking about how kids grow up now not so much wanting to play for their country but it's more about wanting to play in the Champions League yeah like the Champions League I'd ar- is arguably the biggest competition on the planet I mean I still say the World Cup has its prestige but it's you know it's every four years whereas the Champions League you get get excellent premium football every single season yeah for example, in years, non-World Cup or European Championship years, you could still end up with a final. And it, it gives us more competitive internationals. Because obviously, you always see the memes when it's like, oh no, it's an international break. Yeah, exactly. So from that perspective, I see I see what UEFA is going for. Yeah. But I mean, conversely though, it means that, for example, I was watching, oh, I was listening to Sunday Supplement. I ended up missing it live because I just didn't wake up in time. So I listened to the podcast and they were talking about how, you know, will England make changes? For the friendly against who is it later this week? Honestly, Switzerland. 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 Yeah. But um, ordinarily, this probably would have been two friendly games, so you could have experimented in both of them. But because the match against Spain was a competitive fixture, you couldn't really just be like, "I'm going to try this." As an international coach, you don't have that much time to spend with your players. You only get them for like a week and a half, two weeks at a time, and that's even then, it's only dotted around the year. Yeah, I think that um, I think that all the points you made uh, are all like valid. Um, I think I'm more on the on the positive side than than the negative, uh, and I think really the the main reason for me is is because I'm a bit fed up of watching friendlies, which just don't really mean anything, uh, and then watching qualification rounds where most of the teams in your group are, are not of note. And we usually, we go about winning our group comfortably and we don't really get tested until, you know, a major tournament once every two years. So you don't actually know how good you are until you play another team, like which is good, in a competitive fixture once every two years. So I think actually, from an England point of view, it's, it's good because we're not a good tournament side and we're not good against other big teams. So this actually gives us an opportunity to really practice. Yes. In fact, another point that was made in that Sunday supplement was that um, England generally do pretty well. I mean, yeah, like you say, record in tournaments isn't great. But so it's when they come up against a side that's better than them at a tournament, they lose. It just, it's just a case of when that is. For example, the World Cup just gone. It wasn't really until, okay, I lost both matches to Belgium. One of those is the third place playoff. Yeah. But, you know, during the knockout matches, I mean, what, Colombia weren't great. Uh, Sweden weren't great. So you kind of ended up against Croatia. And that was the semi-final. So it looked like a good tournament. But you compare that with, obviously, 2014, you're in the same group as Uruguay and Italy. Unfortunate there. Uh, 2012, got knocked out by Italy in the first knockout match. So it depends on how kind the draw is. But I guess, yeah, with your point with playing competitive matches against these tight sides, okay, yeah, you lost to Spain on Saturday. But England looked all right against Spain. Yeah. And I guess you can use that to learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more than that, it also like highlights... like. The- weaknesses in the team like on midfield okay was completely overrun and i know that's something that happens to most sides against spain which is a passing team yeah but really jordan henderson is not is not a high quality passer of the ball really i'd say to combat that i mean it's england's midfield is the best that it could be okay unfortunately lalana got injured and had to pull out the squad but if you look at who's available, that probably is as good as it gets. Yeah. I think Graham Sunez made the point during the World Cup that you look at England's midfield. Lingard and Ali aren't the kind of players to get on the ball and help you keep it. Yeah. That's the thing. So if you look at the personnel, it's not really there. That's why England keep using a 
three centre-backs is because Southgate said that he didn't, I think he didn't trust two centre-backs enough to just go with the back four. Yeah. He's doing the best he can with what you have. Because obviously, I mean, it's, it's a country, so you can't just be like, oh, I'll sign him. <laughs> you know, you, you got to just make do with what you have. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I think, like, the the point that you made there, it's a personnel problem. Yeah. And, and I would completely agree with that. Um, but the the back to like the point about playing competitive fixtures and then being meaningful and developing yes. uh, competitive sides, I think that that's really, really what it comes down to. And I think even for like the little teams, this is important. Yes. If you're, if you're what, San Marino, right? Like you're playing in a group with Luxembourg, Moldova, and Belarus. Like Belarus are going to top that group. They should do. Playing against Luxembourg and Moldova, you know, maybe maybe you're going to score a couple of goals there. Maybe you're going to win a game, even, you know. Uh, and it's the same same for same for the other teams at the bottom. Sometimes there's there's actually something to play for, like. You don't want to be Scotland in Group C, right? You're playing Albania uh, uh, and Israel, so you know maybe it gives you it gives you an opportunity to to move up a, a tier, and then at the end of it, it's not meaningless because you actually go into the playoffs for for the Euros, uh, and actually these are the teams we're looking at in Group in 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 Leagues B and C that are, are already struggling the most with it. Yeah, uh, just before the next bit, I want to say. If you're not sure about how the UEFA Nations League operates, the BBC had a good article where they actually included explainer videos from UEFA itself, in case you want to understand like how it works and how you can end up getting qualified, how like teams can end up qualifying for Euro 2020. But back to this, yeah, like the other good point about this is that certain teams could qualify, teams that you wouldn't expect it. Yeah. I remember seeing these long list of clubs, clubs, nations that could be at Euro 2020, like one of like San Marino. Kazakhstan, Latvia, you know, all these really small nations that you wouldn't associate with being at a tournament. And, you know, one of them will be at Euro 2020. Yeah. As well as there being more competitive football, it offers a backdoor for countries to get to the Euros. So if, you know, one of the big sides, if they don't get through qualification as they should, that gives them another chance. But also, yeah, like I say, the smaller, smaller sides could be at the tournament. And like you said, with Scotland, in their tier, they probably should get out of it. But obviously, it works like a league system. So they'll, if they do well enough, they'll get promoted to tier B. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'll get more, more, yeah, I guess more difficult competitive matches. But that, that's how you improve, surely. Yeah. And and for for like the, the local football federations, whether it's like the FA or, you know, Spanish or Croatian ones, uh, for those nations, suddenly now, then they're earning money. You know, you're playing extra competitive fixtures uh, and those competitive fixtures are going to draw crowds in. I will make the point though, in terms of, I mean, you say, yeah, make money because competitive fixtures, but they'd make money from playing a, f- a friendly against Brazil or Argentina, for example. Like, imagine that. You get Neymar in your country or Messi, like, playing in your national stadium. But they would make money from that. Or, as teams seem to be doing more and more, if go play a match in, like, Dubai. Yeah, you know, not making a lot of money from that now, or like go play in the states. So from that perspective, they lose out on the ability to play those kind of fixtures. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. I think we've said all we're going to say about the UEFA Nations League. Interesting idea. We'll see if they persist with it. We'll see what they change next time. I mean, I think it for me, it's a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I will watch as much of it as I can. Yeah. In a in a non World Cup or Euros year, the chance to see a, a final between, let's say, like Germany and Italy. You know who who is not going to watch that? Exactly, um, uh, it's already like 
It's only been had, had a couple of interesting results, you know. Uh, well, who who doesn't want to see Switzerland thrash Iceland six <laughs> nil? Oh, my word! <laughs> um, I think that's us. That's it for us today. Just wanted to say, you know, thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter. You know where we're at. Um, at Talk No Browsers. Um, my Twitter handle is at SammyCD. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Assession95. Uh, and yeah, thanks for listening. And yeah, if there's something you want us to talk about next time. Yeah, yeah. Or if there's any films you want us to watch or any films you want us to talk about, you know, anything's going on in the news that you think you want to see, hear our takes on. Fair, have, have we got an email address? No, no, we, we, do, we do have an email address. Our email address is alltalkandnobrowsers at gmail.com. Okay, lovely. Simple. Uh, thanks for listening next time yeah next time I think we're going to discuss techniques for making the perfect poached egg is it better to boil or simmer the water <laughs>